0: Hello, welcome to yet another episode of the show. Today we are joined by Dr. Supriya Lahiri. She is an Emeritus Professor at the University of Massachusetts Lowell Department of Economics. She has done extensive collaborative research with the Work Environment Department members at the University of Massachusetts Lowell, the University of Connecticut and the WHO on economic analysis of occupational safety and health issues for developed and developing countries. At Prima, she's hosting a virtual workshop for three hours. I highly encourage you to look at the description and check the link and register for it. Dr. Lahiri,
1: welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Um, I'm going to get right into the questions. Um, how did you get interested in the field of economics? And from there, how
1: did you land into occupational Very good question. (laughs) Again, as I, you know, um, I will have to go back to my high school days because that's where I started economics. Mm -hmm. And my two favorite subjects were logic and mathematics. And also I studied economics in high school, Mm -hmm. but that was, it was a choice, but the choices Mm -hmm. were very limited. And I continued that into college The reason being that you see a combination of the concepts in terms of logical reasoning and the relevance of math as a tool in economics. Very interesting. And then not only that, and then you see how they can be applied to things that are really relevant in the real world. So that's how I picked economics. That's really interesting. (laughs)
0: from there how did you get into occupational health
1: Um, you know as i said you know i have done economics throughout my life and i am an economist by training but as i said economics is an applied subject and my background was and is mainly in research and it still is in terms of applied micro and macro models but Initially, for um, a number of years, for several years, and at Mm -hmm. the moment as well, I applied that to problems of energy and environment, and now, of course, Mm -hmm. to climate change. Um, However, your question is how, why did you apply it to occupational health? One of the reasons, the main reasons actually, is that uh, WHO is a collaborating Mm -hmm. center um, mm-hmm. for UMass Lowell. In other words, UMass Lowell is a collaborating center for WHO. yeah. And this was almost two decades ago. It's the beginning of 2000. And Charles Levenstein was the director of that center. So um, we used to meet in meetings. And then once I received a, an email from him saying that if I would be interested, in collaborating with WHO and work as a consultant in the, um, uh, to help them in um, their, in the preparation of the WHO World Health Report. Mm-hmm. This was 2002. And mm-hmm. um, their topic that year, was reducing risks and promoting healthy life. Mm -hmm. So that is basically when he asked me, then I knew I didn't have much of a background in economics, I mean in occupation and health. And um, however, they were looking for somebody with a background in modeling so that is one of the reasons in quantitative modeling. He asked me if I would be interested in collaborating as a consultant. So I contacted, he asked me to contact Marilyn Fingerhut, who was the head of occupational health mm-hmm. at WHO at that point in time. And we had a very nice conversation. And um, she, uh, she told me that what my job would be to be a liaison between the Occupational Health Department in WHO and a group of experts. And they were called the Choice Initiative who were working on a global model called Popul- PopMod sure. where their goal was to measure the Cost-effectiveness ratios, so they were using PAPMA to measure the effectiveness. Then they had a costed model mm. um, for several interventions for these different diseases. In other words, mm-hmm. to promote health. Right. And so, what Marilyn told me was that my task would be to do generalized cost-effective measures for. Um, occupational diseases. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, we picked two diseases. We picked back pain, which is a musculoskeletal disease. And we picked uh, silicosis. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we had a very nice team. We collaborated with work environment. There was um, Beth Rosenberg, who was an assistant Mm -hmm. professor in the School of Public Health at Tufts. She graduated from, the, from work environment, and then we had um, a postdoc at that point in time. She was Pia Mark Cannon, and um, so all of us, and of course, Chuck, Charles Levinstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we were a team, and we worked on the generalized cost-effective measures for those two diseases, and those papers have been published in the American Journal of uh, Industrial Medicine. Mm-hmm. That's how I moved to occupational okay. health, and then, you know, I collaborated in several other things. Yeah. With WHO, actually, um, I, I will come to that later, and that with the workshop will be. They funded us mm-hmm. for more projects, and then I collaborated with Laura Punette and uh, Work mm-hmm. Environment and so on and so forth.
0: Speaking of your workshop, um, you're giving a workshop uh, at Premis WDP and Maya Payne. Uh, What is it going to be about?
1: My workshop, right? Yes. All right. So, here I need to give a little bit of a context. Of course. Right? That is, um, in this workshop, essentially, I will be talking about an economic framework, right? Mm -hmm. That we can use to evaluate interventions, right? So now the question is, what is the context here? As we all know what the context is, that is um, musculoskeletal diseases and injuries are prevalent both in the industrialized countries Mm -hmm. as well as in the developing economies. Right. And we all know that that causes a lot of pain and suffering and there Mm -hmm. is an economic burden as well for society as a whole, for for companies. Yeah. Um, So the question, however, we do know that um, there are interventions if you're talking about MSDs, there are interventions that can reduce the risk of these ergonomic stressors. Mm. So the question is that why don't we use those interventions, right? right. And the answer is that resor- they are not for free. They require huge amounts of investments. mm And as a result of that, the question then is that, um, could we, because there are benefits of those interventions and there are costs of those interventions. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So could we evaluate these interventions, evaluate them economic, they make an economic evaluation of these interventions Mm -hmm. in a way that the um, employers would understand the implications of their investments Hmm. so so we have we have in other words what they're going to learn about the participants it would be about cost benefit analysis right and Um, So how to perform this cost benefit analysis? There are several Mm -hmm. models depending on the context. We have a net cost model at the micro level and there are also cost effectiveness measures where Mm -hmm. you may not be able to perform net cost analysis due to positive positive data. So the um, participants would basically learn how to use a cost benefit model to evaluate interventions that can reduce the um, risks of ergonomic stress- stressors, mm-hmm. in other words, um, can prevent, it may not be able to prevent totally, but to a large extent, these occupational injuries and diseases. Mm-hmm. So can you elaborate on
0: um, what concepts and what frameworks the model goes into?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, if you really think of it in this way, that is, um, what do we need to do, let's say, in a workplace, right, where, you have these, like in the manufacturing sector, in some of the services sector, mm-hmm. you have the um, prevalence of MSDs, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the first task is to, I'm talking about MSDs here because this, you know, conference is about like MSDs. Specific is to find out where uh, find out about the ergonomic stresses you know where Mm -hmm. are why are these injuries occur occurring why do we have these diseases yeah once they identify that then they need to also identify what kinds of interventions would work and -hmm. what exactly would be the effectiveness of those interventions Mm -hmm. so this model essentially, so what they will learn, is the, the first task is to be able to recognize those and that's not my field, that's the field of public health. Right. And then of course, that's the field of public health as well mm. to recognize the interventions. But once they have mm. done that, then there's a huge amount of capital expenditure might have to be incurred by the mm. employer Mm. and whether the employer would be willing to do that right right. so the question here is that we want to to come up with the framework in the way economists think Mm. so we would have to get data Mm -hmm. for the interventions in terms of the cost of the intervention both the capital costs as well as the operating costs and once that is identified, then essentially you also have to know how that we said, okay, you you use these interventions, you mm-hmm. buy these interventions, and what next? What do you do? Then we'll see how to basically um where they have to be used by the employees. If the employees right. do not use those interventions, then they're of no use either. Right. So once that's done, this can be done both ex-ante or ex-post, before the fact mm-hmm. or after the fact. There might be some companies, and if you have data on that, where they have already used the interventions, mm-hmm. then we find out a pre-intervention case situation and a post-intervention, right? Mm-hmm. So we collect data in terms of, what were the amount, uh, how many injuries, what was the workers' comp cost, if you have data on workers' right. comp costs, sick leaves. Um, if there is a way to measure productivity, we can say what their productivity okay. levels were. And then once these interventions have been used, and that we have done it in our net cost model for three companies, um, one I think had used it for three years, another for five years, another for 12 years, so we had data, so you have to know how to formulate your questionnaires So you can get the data for um, the costs of the intervention as well as what does it impact, right? So in Mm -hmm. other words, sick leave, if you have data Mm -hmm. on sick leave, you have data on workers' comp costs, you have data on productivity levels, Mm -hmm. right, before and after. So we would get that data and then put it in a framework. How do you define Mm -hmm. costs here? Costs we said would, and you know, companies, if they have a protocol to collect data. And then um, the benefits, how do you measure those benefits? Some of them Mm -hmm. would be tangible, some may be intangible. So that's what we will learn in the workshop. Okay. So once you do that, you will have a value in terms of return on investment. So if you spend $1 on your interventions, what is the return that you can expect? Mm -hmm. And It could be positive, it could be negative. If it's negative, why is it negative? And if it's a positive, then it's a win-win. And that's a great way to convince employers to
0: incorporate this model. (laughs) Because look, you're benefiting from this as well, and that's a really important point to make for them. Yes. Um, Your model is built to be applied to real-world settings. And you've applied it across several different models, but there is one particular one that I'm really... Interested Uh, in. I'm really interested in, and I know that you really enjoy um, explaining it as well. So, can you please (laughs) talk about how you implemented this one in Kolkata with (laughs) porters? Okay.
1: (laughs) So, let's see. So, that if since you are that interested in this, (laughs) I have to be more precise here, right? And um, we can
0: come back to this later if you want. We don't no, have... You don't need...
1: No, I think, okay. let me, let's give you again a little bit of a context. That is when I said musculoskeletal disorders, disorders right? Yeah. MSDs are prevalent both in industrialized countries and in emerging countries and in developing countries. So when you talk about the Porter project, it's a different (laughs) ballgame. Exactly. (laughs) And that's what makes it so interesting. No, it's interesting. It's also mainly in the informal sector where you have basically no data. Yeah. So in my workshop, first, I'm going to talk about um, the how should I say the formal sector in the economy, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, not just for developed country, even developing countries, we have a dual structure, you know, it's a dual economy, we have an informal sector, we have a formal sector. Much can be done in the formal sector and MSDs take place, you know, they're rampant in both places. So that's one story. And I told you a little bit about workers comp data and, you know, data on sick leave etc yeah. etc et but remember when you're working with the informal sector none of that is available yeah. right and also even for that matter to recognize to, there also no data on injuries do you know what i mean yeah so what was our goal? So we had to change our goal a little bit for the Porter project, was to estimate the cost effectiveness ratios and net cost of a particular intervention called training intervention mm-hmm. to reduce the morbidity among porters who carry loads without mechanical assistance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the loads are usually an average to 100 to 120 kilograms on their head. In fact, my collaborator, Shomnath Gangopadha, is here actually in Primas, he will also be giving a workshop, and we too collaborated. Mm-hmm. And um, so let me begin with a little story. Since you asked me about the Potter project, yeah. that is, Initially, I forgot to tell you this, and I want to tell you this now, (laughs) that is when Marilyn called me, and as I told you, I I didn't have much experience in the field of occupational Mm -hmm. health, and she was asking me to measure cost-effectiveness of interventions in occupational health. So as soon as she said that, what popped in my head was a scene from Indian railway stations porters Mm. carrying huge loads on their heads. And what I asked her is that, so do you mean, and even as a child, I had witnessed their suffering. And so I asked Marilyn that, do you mean that we should give the porters and railway stations (laughs) trolleys and dollies? (laughs) And so that would be the intervention. And she said, absolutely right. So that was a project to my heart, you know? Exactly, yeah. Very dear to my heart. Yes. And um, so another time when I did all that analysis and I was at, I think, a primus conference in Vienna. I may be wrong though. I don't know whether it was a primus or some other big conference. I was standing in line for lunch. Hmm. And Shomnath was right in front of me. And so then we started to chat, and he had, I think, attended my um, talk earlier, mm-hmm. and so we started chatting, and then I said how the Porta project was so, no, and I, we've, he, yeah, was so dear to my heart. And he said, that was my thesis. <laughs> so he worked not the economic evaluation, but on on you know the public health side. Oh. So he thesis with all of the injuries and diseases and traumatic injuries. So he had hospitalization data, and I think he conducted some surveys mm-hmm. as well. So then we said, "Ha, huh, that's wonderful." So we need to collaborate. We got some data data and also we were both interested in the portals. Yeah, and it was just a perfect were... combination of public health and economics exactly and i was still thinking of railway stations and then he told me gave me the idea of this wholesale fruits and vegetable market mm. where you know they had this problem which was even more acute than railway stations mm. so believe it or not shomnath and i had visited shelda station and you know, met the people there, but it didn't work out, but it did work out for um, the photo project for um, the wholesale market. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't want to take the name, so let's just call it a wholesale market, fruit and vegetables market (laughs) uh, in in Kolkata. Um, So that is how we started, and believe it or not, then we were even able to get a grant from CDC and ICMR. Hmm. CDC in the U.S.,
2: yeah.
1: Indian Council of Medical Research in yeah. India. And we came up with this paper and that paper came out, I think, in 2016. Yeah. In the journal of J-O-E-M, Occupational and Environmental Medicine. So anyway, going back to that, so in mm-hmm. short, what I want to say is, because otherwise this whole thing will become a workshop on the Porter Project. <laughs> 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 so, so so remember now, so the porters have back pain as a disease, you know, other yeah. injuries, upper extremities, lower extremities, yeah. because they're carrying this,
0: this load. context for listeners who haven't visited um, big wholesale markets? um fruit and vegetable sellers carry big baskets on top of their heads yes and i don't have the exact measurement right now but would you say that around 200 like 40 yes. 80 sometimes kg? even
1: 300 kilograms in like i'll kilograms. tell you yeah. it's i have seen this because we went to the field this is a huge basket right mm. say diameter maybe would be 10 feet So it takes 10 people to lift it. yeah. And then there are three standing in a line who would carry it. Mm. Can you imagine? And the average load, as I said, from the data that we have is like 120 to 125 kilograms, Mm. which a single person carries. So, this is the context, right? And so I was they really have...
0: underestimating it when I said 80. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so all of those diseases, traumatic injuries, even things like paraplegia, even fatalities occur. Yeah, I can imagine. However, nobody is systematically collecting the data in terms of injuries, other than when Shravnath and his research students did. And and he has some very good papers on that as well. So, so when you are doing any economic analysis in the informal sector, what do you have to do to get data, survey. Mm. So your instrument for data collection then is surveys. Mm questionnaires, detailed questionnaires, and that mm. too, most of the porters are not able to read and write, so they will not be able to fill out the questionnaire. Mm. So you would have to have an, you know, Shomnath has a brilliant group of graduate students, graduate students, meaning PhD students mm. who collect very carefully collected the data. So right. 2011 was the pre data. And 2012 after year was Mm. the post when this training intervention was conducted. But remember what I told Marilyn, I had talked about trolleys and dollies. Engineering controls.
0: Yeah,
1: not possible. Why? As you said, you know, these are like there are dirt roads. And uh, they pile up the vegetables on the floors. So, there is not even a clear path to walk. Mm. So, how do you. A trolley through. Trolleys and dollies there, you can't. Unless there is a structural change, meaning the entire platform is changed. And that I have seen in Brazil. They also have a wholesale market mm-hmm. for fruits and vegetables, but the platform is totally different. Mm. It's all concrete. Mm. So you can use a Dolly there. You can use engineering control measures. But here all we could do, but the training really worked out well. And so, and what did we do? What we did basically, we did cost effectiveness measures. In other words, the outcomes that we were looking for were the, we estimated the Uh, two composite scores, the physical composite scores and the mental Mm -hmm. composite scores and pain scales. Mm. There also you need your questionnaire. So we did a pre mental composite score, physical composite score, pain scale score, and then we we did a post. Mm. So we got the difference, right? right? And we did the get the costs also. So what did the cost of intervention costs? Mm -hmm. And thereby, we could do cost-effectiveness ratios. We did fit in the net cost model as well in terms of the costs. We did it in terms of net costs. Mm -hmm. In other words, the costs of the interventions minus the avoided costs. What would be the avoided costs? The avoided costs would be like there were less absences, Mm -hmm. right? and therefore and less presenteeism i don't know if you know what presenteeism means that is when you are at work yeah but you're not able to use your full potential right so maybe you're working at 50 percent capacity because you know Mm -hmm. your body is aching right and therefore that would cost the employer more in terms Mm -hmm. of their wage costs right so we did that and we did There's some of the, other than absenteeism, we had some productivity enhancements also, Mm -hmm. and um, medical care costs, I think we took that into account. So that was our net cost. So the cost of the training minus the avoided costs, right? The medical care costs and the avoided cost in terms of the loss in productivity. right? And then we divided that by the enhancement in the composite scores. Hmm. So we got the cost-effectiveness ratios. Hmm. So in other words, what we uh, say that, all right, if you want to decrease the pain scale by one, how much do you have to spend? Uh Right? If you want to decrease the or if you want to increase the uh, composite course in terms of the physical fitness, physical composite scores, how much do you have to spend? Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, I think they were in the range of $5, $7, $15. So that was our photo project in a nutshell. And we will do all this in detail when we Mm -hmm. do the workshop. The detail for You know, as I we talked about the manufacturing sector, and then we have a services sector, that is Mm -hmm. the nursing homes. Um, So we we would do that. the The intervention there was a safe resident handling program Mm -hmm. with hosts. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would do that. Mm -hmm. Lots to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So um, can you provide insights into, um, you've already given some examples of this, but can you provide insights into the specific data and variables considered in this framework and how organizations, and over here let's focus in the formal sector, can collect and analyze this data to inform decision-making regarding worker health and safety interventions? Yeah, sure.
1: So I would say the first thing would be Um, the companies would have to allocate resources hmm. for, they do allocate resources, but they need a larger budget. They really right. need to be committed in right. terms of their resources for enhancing safety and health for the company. Hmm. Then they need to have a team, hire a team of analysts, you yeah who have background in public health and quantitative modeling and economics to identify the injuries as well as the interventions, right? So they need to collect data. So they should have Mm -hmm. a data protocol in their operating procedures where Mm -hmm. they would collect data systematically. Like, you know, people are going on sick leave. That wouldn't do. Do you know what I mean? That's sick leave for what? Only then you will be able to use the proper interventions. Right. Do you know? Is it sick leave because you have the flu or you have a sick leave because you have back pain?
0: That makes sense, yeah.
1: So the companies will have to collect data on these, uh, let's say, injuries and diseases, which one example I'm talking about is um, sick leave. But especially when I think of India, and I know there are some companies that also provide medical care facilities directly to their employees. And they also can have this data protocol, do you know what I mean? To collect data on illnesses and injuries. And then um, detailed data needs to be collected on the interventions, Mm -hmm. meaning. Interventions meaning um, their uh, capital costs because there is a large expenditure. Initially, there's a lot upfront you have to spend a lot. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then there could be a recurring expenditure as well in terms of training and training is very important because you can give these fancy equipment to the employees that if they use them, they won't hurt themselves, but they may not know how to use them.
0: Right. Right? So how do you maximize
1: those resources
0: and usage of those resources to employees?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Whether they're using those resources. So therefore, that, for that right. you could have an employee satisfaction survey. Mm-hmm. In other words, they can give you their input to the company as to if they're unable to, why they're unable to use those, and if they like it, why they like it. Hmm. So you have to get data from them as well. In other words, it's very important to measure the effectiveness of those interventions. And the effectiveness means what? Effectiveness in terms of injury reduction. Effectiveness in terms of productivity enhancement. So the company should have a systematic procedure for collecting data, and you were asking me, what is the data you need, as I said. You need cost data for the interventions. Like we had to go back to invoices. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There were no data per se, but the companies did keep their invoices. And from those invoices, we got the data. And some companies have workers' comp, So, you know, you have to get data on workers' comp. Um, Some companies are self-insured and some companies are not self-insured. Do you know what I mean? Companies Mm -hmm. that are self-insured, they provide workers' comp directly. Right? Right. And so for them, cost savings is a big deal.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) But companies who have insurance, third-party insurance, for them, what happens? They pass the cost to the insurance companies. Mm -hmm. So for them, there's less of an incentive to use these interventions. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's very interesting. So therefore, then you need to have data from the insurance companies. (laughs) It never ends. (laughs) Never ends. Uh, But as you said, what the company can do, these are the things that the company can do. Right. And um, I don't know if I've answered your question. So remember, there are two buckets, or three buckets. (laughs) One, intervention costs, capital operating, Right. right? So another bucket, we are talking about avoided costs. Hmm. So what do we mean by avoided costs? See, reduction in absenteeism, reduction in presenteeism, reduction in medical care costs, Hmm. right? But, and however, it's very important to remember, and then you have productivity enhancement.
2: Hmm.
1: And for developing countries again sometimes if you have uh, if you have let's stick to our porter project trolleys and dollies they may need less porters and there could mm-hmm. be unemployment problems that could lead to unemployment so really like point, as you yeah. know mechanization leads to unemployment right. um, so these are all of the variables and then it's not re- what we did in um, the case studies we did initially they were all self-insured companies so we did it from the company's point of view if it is not self-insured right then it becomes a problem you have to look at all the stakeholders Hmm. and then you have to see whether what really would uh, induce the stakeholders to use interventions. Right. So there is a question of alignment of incentives. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Now you may go back and say, all right, if I am not self-insured, so what I would do is I would pass all the costs to the insurance company.
2: Right.
1: So what's my interest? And the insurance company, insurance company's costs are going up. They are interested in these interventions. But they're not interested in, you know, uh, covering all the investment costs, right? Mm. So they what they could offer is a reduction in premium. Mm. Right? And they would say we already do that. But the employer might say that's not enough. Mm. Do you follow enough to implement this? Exactly. So Mm. but so what the insurance company i remember there was a particular company again i do not want to take names they were very much interested and in we were not in india in the us when we mm-hmm. were doing case studies they were very much interested in our results and you know they gave us all the data because right. they have a vested interest in that right. do you see what i mean yeah so in other words that you may say so how will you solve this problem and then the, there is the government also right because in, in yeah. uh, government takes on all the medicare costs once you retire and some of these yeah. diseases show up when you're older yeah you have these back problems etc because you abused your back when you were young yes right and who who bears that cost the government does so what i'm trying to say is you have to have then a viable system of benefit sharing Mm. do you see what i'm saying so whatever benefits that occur it definitely improves the quality of the life of the um putters i'm sorry Of course, but benefit of the life of the workers, workers, (laughs) yeah, and all workers, not just workers, (laughs) all workers, and and so therefore, what I'm saying is societal gain is there, and actually, you may raise an ethical issue, and say, Professor Lahiri, why are we putting a money value on workers' safety? Isn't that a basic right?
0: Yes, Professor Lahiri, why are we putting money value (laughs) on workers'
1: life? Isn't that a basic right? Yes, I agree. It's a basic right. However, what I want to mention is this, that in in order to respect that, right, to give this right to the workers, right, It's in the hands of these third-party payers and the employers. And when these third-party payers or employers spend their money, Mm -hmm. they want to see the implications, economic implications. So our framework provides that economic implications. And as I told you, it's not always a win-win. So if it is, it's not that always the net cost will be negative. Hmm. Right, you un- say when I say net cost is negative, does it ring a bell? That yes. means benefit is positive, right? Yes, right. I now, if that happens, then the government can see that the loss for society is enormous. Hmm. Then the government needs to intervene. So, f- even for the government to come up with risk management strategies, right, right. They need the results of these models, ex-ante or ex-post. Do you see what I'm saying? I see. So now you know why I chose economics. (laughs) (laughs) It's indispensable.
0: (laughs) Especially if you want to give basic rights to people. Exactly. Very Very clever. Professor Lahiri. (laughs) (laughs) So we're coming to a close of our episode. Um, And one thing that I've been meaning to ask you since I first talked to you, right? And especially now that I know more of your journey is what is one thing that you would tell students who are getting into economics or students who are just graduating from economics, getting into the field of research, into the field of occupational health, do you have any advice for them as somebody who has 40-plus years of experience in the field? Well, you know,
1: economics is very diverse as well. So people who are graduating with economics, like you could have an undergraduate degree in economics, enter the field. You could have an MBA. You could do PhD. So it depends on what you do you can join finance you can Mm. make a lot of money on wall street (laughs) as an economist Mm -hmm. you can join consulting firms right but my one advice would be no matter in which field you are economic principles are so valuable that make sure that you have a very good grasp of the basic economic concepts and you know how to apply them, the relevance of that. No matter which field you are in, be it finance, be it a nonprofit, right? And one very important concept, as I said, is the concept of opportunity cost. Yes. (laughs) And the concept cost at the margin, Mm. marginal cost. Mm. So this is just an example, but what I'm trying to say is if a person has a very good command over the basic economic principles, Mm -hmm. they would be able to use that tool no matter which field they are. And the concept of discounting, um, these are the basic concepts that you have a good grasp over, mm. then all you need to do is see where ha huh, where I can apply this when you're solving a problem. Mm. So it's a great tool for problem solving.
0: That's really good advice.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure you, I know you told me you're from the field of psychology. It's true for psychology true. too, that the basics of that, you know,
0: Yes, you, can you just them. have to look around you and you can apply it to a million Exactly. Things. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Professor Lahiri. It has been pure joy talking oh. to you. And I look forward to seeing
1: your workshop. And I am so thankful to you. You're a great interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> you asked all the right questions.
0: Thank you. You make for a great Uh, guest. Uh, And this is a back and forth. It's really a two-person job. So thank you for being a great collaborator in this process. And I'm looking
1: forward to the workshop.
0: Yes, same here. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye.